Oh yeah. What's up? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> My best Trina impression. Ooh, who remembers Trina? It's the baddest chick. What's up, everybody? Moon City Horror. Rated PG. Paul Solo. Um, if you know Matt in real life, congratulations are in hand. Uh, I'll leave it there. Uh, got another interview for you guys this week. And this one was a really cool um, sit-down opportunity um, presented to us by one Toxic Doom. Uh, thank you, Chris and Jackie over at Toxic Doom for introducing us to uh, our interview today, uh, Miss Stacy Perry. Stacy Perry is a special effects makeup artist who's worked um, up and down all of uh, Hollywood and is most recently the special effects makeup department head. So she runs the whole makeup uh, special effects department for a series called Twisted Metal on Peacock. Uh, for those of you who played the game, you should be familiar with the series. For those of you who don't uh, know what that is, I would recommend checking it out on Peacock. It's a game from, it's a PlayStation game from like uh, late 90s. Um, I didn't play it a ton. I had some friends that played it, but I watched them play it. And um, I remember it being kind of awesome, but not, uh, I don't know, kind of quirky at the same time. And the premise from my understanding was that uh, it was kind of uh, post-apocalyptic uh, everybody was like uh, race car, not car drivers, not race car drivers, but they were car drivers. And like um, you, they were involved in this like uh, kind of like Mortal Kombat, but for cars. And so uh, they made a TV show out of it and it stars uh, the likes of uh, Anthony Mackie, uh, which I only knew from um, 8 Mile. But uh, apparently he's a Falcon from uh the marvel stuff and i caught a glimpse of a movie with mark Wahlberg and the rock i don't remember what it was called it's one where they're like bodybuilders and they rob a bank or some shit like that but he's also in that as well um but he's the main character in twisted metal uh stephanie beatrice who i also remember from um brooklyn 99 love that show as well and then you have a couple other people like uh thomas hayden church um and just a few others so it's a great show i recommend it it's in its first season um it's sounding like it's going to be picked up for a second which i'm pretty stoked for because it looks awesome um but yeah um so so chris over at toxic doom introduced us to stacy and then um we got to sit down with her and talk about how she got into the industry and some of the stuff that she's worked on some of the people that she's worked with um, we talk a lot about the Twisted Metal series, um, which again, I recommend. So um, go and check it out after you listen to our interview with her, of course. Um, next week, we should be back to regular movie reviews. We have a cool um, series coming up. I'm calling it the Sam Curtin series. Um, we met um, a director by the name of Sam Curtin on Instagram, and he's got a few movies out. Um, I think what had happened was he had a new movie come out this year and I saw the trailer for it and I was like, wow, that's fucking awesome. And then I did some digging on him and he's got a couple other movies under his belt. And then somehow he ended up talking with the lead actor from the new movie on Instagram. And he was like, hey, you should reach out to Sam and um, got that conversation going. So um, I think we're going to do like a like a four part series where the first three are 
individual reviews of his first three movies and then the actual sit-down interview with Sam himself. So, um, And then got some other interviews kind of lined up in the wings, in the works, some really cool shit coming up, potentially some in-person stuff that might be pretty dope too. So stick around, hang out, um, check it all out. Follow us on Instagram at Mutant City Horror. Um, email the show, mutantcityhorror at gmail.com. And then, uh, yeah, just hit us up. Enjoy. Peace. How are you? I am so good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. I feel like um, we haven't really had a chance to get to know each other all that well. Usually um, when I do decide to interview somebody, it's after a long kind of uh, back and forth. And I feel like yeah. this kind of came on a little sudden. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's usually how it is for me, though. Is all it? Of my, yeah, all of my stuff is usually last minute. <laughs> well, I apologize for that, but I wanted to make sure that I could get you when we were both available. And um, I just got done watching um, the series, so it was still fresh in my mind a little bit. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was, it was timely. Yeah. What would you think of it? I thought it was great, actually. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, I went in uh, with no expectations. Um, and then Smart. I was pleasantly surprised. Good. Yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um, I, I'm a co-host of this little podcast we do called Mutant City Horror. Um, my friend Matt and I, um, we've known each other since we were ooh, 16, or at least since I was 16. He's a, he's a couple years older than me. We're in our mid-40s now. We're separated by probably a good 100 miles and... Yeah, we haven't seen oh, each other. Wow. Yeah, before we started doing this regularly, we hadn't seen each other in quite a long time. And he had moved out of state for a while. And so when he came back, you know, realizing that I was so far from where we kind of grew up, he wanted a way to for us to kind of hang out still and do the things that we've always done, which is to drink and watch horror movies and just kind of poke fun and critique and, you know, just have fun with it. So he, he brought up the idea of a podcast. And at the time I was working on some small time, like film movie, not movie editing, but like my grandmother's in her early nineties and she is sharp as a tack. So she remembers dates, wow. times, phone numbers, addresses. So it's pretty good. We wanted, I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, sit down with her and record some stories and really capture all that stuff because when she's gone, she's going to take it with her and that's it. So I started meeting with her, you know, weekly and just kind of sitting down and shooting what I could on my iPhone and, you know, just getting what I could. And I started kind of teaching myself how to edit from YouTube videos and got a little uh -huh. creative with it and, you know, started, it started to become a thing for me, right? I started enjoying the editing aspect of it. Uh, more than, um, I'll admit, more than uh, kind of sitting and recording <laughs> the stuff. Um, so when he reached out and was like, hey, you want to start a podcast? And I was like, yes, but let's make it video because I'm really into the video thing right now. And <laughs> we did that for a little bit, but it got to be very uh, hectic in that um, video editing takes a, it's a long process, especially yeah. when you're uh, perfectionist and you're still trying to figure it out and things like that. So uh -huh. <laughs> we took a break and then we came back and decided to do an audio audio only platform. Um, but, and that 
seemed to be easy for a while. And then I started getting into getting creative with it. And now the process takes longer, but I like the end result. It, it, it's better for us, but growing, um, you know, we've got a good following growing. Um, we decided to start promoting our stuff on Instagram and, you know, uh, he and I are not big social media users. So uh, Instagram was a new endeavor for us. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I took it on and started meeting some great people. Chris from Toxic Doom is one of those who introduced you and I and mm -hmm. have started meeting um, industry professionals, directors, producers, actors. I just got done interviewing Alan Danziger. I don't know if you know who that is, but he played, familiar. he played Jerry, the van driver from the, uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we met with him on Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. And then here you are today. So, you know, we're it, it's growing. We're loving it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so in any, in any way, shape, or form where we can talk and meet with industry professionals like yourself, we, we want to you know, take advantage of that because we're just, we're, we're so in love with movies and special effects and the horror genre specifically. So um, it's nice to be able to talk with people and get some questions answered and just kind of peek behind the curtains a little bit. So that's us. That's Mutant City Horror. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's a pretty, pretty cool idea for kind of staying in touch and still getting to hang out with your friends. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's a little bit rough at the moment because we work opposite schedules. So I, you know, I'm, I work Monday through Friday. Um, I'm usually working 10 hour days. So I'm not home until five thirty six, And then he works nights. Mm -hmm. He works nights and weekends. So oh, wow. we yeah, really have to find opposite the little bit of sliver for both of us to, <laughs> to meet. It gets a little bit a little bit complicated, but we try to yeah. make as much time for each other as possible because, uh, you know, like I said, we've been friends for over twenty years now, and you know, it's just a good way to to hang out, relax, let loose, and have some fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So, um, I've been. I mean pretty much been an artist ever since I can remember. My um, both of my brothers are actors my oldest brother is a he's he's the crazy one he's he is an actor a writer director editor but he can also play every musical instrument you could ever imagine so um i always uh you know kind of like tagged along after him for a long time and i i got my love of mu movies from him basically because we used to try to stay up and watch movies all night long on a Friday night, which I would never make it, but <laughs> I tried really hard. <laughs> Lots of Dr. Um, Pepper and uh, candy. Yeah. And um, so, you know, like uh, the two of us, we bonded growing up through movies and music and stuff like that. And with him going on to be an actor, that's kind of always put me in that, um, that field in some some way shape or form and I think like in 2007 it was um, he directed a great little uh, show called MC Outdoors which my little brother was one of the stars in so it was kind of like a whole family thing where my older brother Scott directed and then my younger brother Josh um, 
starred in it and I got to do pretty much everything because it was still a low budget, even though it was on TV, it was still low budget. So it was kind of us all coming together and, and doing everything for the entire show. So I, you know, I did everything from makeup to uh, props to puppetry. I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was all kinds of stuff. But from that, it kind of sparked my interest in special effects makeup and the makeup industry for film and, uh, and TV. And it just kind of went on from there. And luckily, um, up until recently with the writer strike and then SAG still on strike, we've been nonstop um, in New Orleans. Uh, I mean, I, after the pandemic, I don't think I stopped working at wow. all. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, it was pretty steady. Once our, once our tax credits came back, because they had taken them away for a little while, once those came back, it was steady, steady work. But I mean, when I tell you, I moved out out of one makeup trailer directly into another one <laughs> in the same day. So, I mean, it's nonstop show after show after show. So, and I mean, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Anything, anything artistic, it, I, I love to do. And the great thing about um, the film industry is that every, every job is different. So it's always something new. You're always doing a new, new, new special effect or a new makeup. It's all new characters that you get to design, new people you get to collaborate with. And, uh, I just, I've always found it so, so much fun. And, um, and it's just been, I guess, a passion of mine for a really long time. Nice. MT Outdoors. I'm not familiar with that. What what platform was that on? It was on Fuel TV. Okay. Uh, again, it was uh, it was it was a bigger show called Stupid Face. Okay. And then with <laughs> within that, they have a whole bunch of little shows, and it was one of those little shows. Got it. Um, under that umbrella. Okay. Um, and they just did. It was a whole bunch of crazy crazy shows. That they did on there. Nice. It was a lot of fun, though. Like I said, we had puppets, and we had, which was that was a lot of fun. You know, getting to like uh, handle all the puppets and everything. Sure. Just, just a whole bunch of crazy stuff that we got to do on that show. Nice. But it was so much fun because it was, you know, me and my brothers, and we just made sure that we had the best time making that show, and we did. You know, I think that's what makes it even better is that you are working with people who you love and enjoy and you probably yeah. disagree with here and there or whatever, but it's no different from when you were kids and you already have such a great rapport and you know how each other works and you know each other's triggers, but you also know everyone's communication style. And so it just, I would imagine it makes the process a little bit easier. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then, and you know, another way that I'm lucky is like being in New Orleans it's such a small community it's the same thing most of the people that I get to work with I've known for a long time and we're we're friends outside of work as well right like everyone knows everyone in in our industry in New Orleans specifically are you originally from New Orleans I'm originally from Lafayette which is about two and a half hours from uh west of New Orleans okay um more south central uh louisiana a louisiana born and raised nonetheless yeah 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 i gotcha so um yeah, I'm, oh sorry go ahead keep going no i was gonna say i mean i've lived in los angeles and austin and florida and, <laughs> but 
always end up coming back home, especially since the industry picked up so much here. It was like, oh, perfect. I get to go and be next to my family. So that was nice. Yeah, I would imagine it's the same reason why we see a lot of filming in uh, states like Georgia, right? There's a lot of incentive financially for studios to shoot there. And same thing in Canada, I believe, too. But yeah, Georgia, I mean, especially with uh, The Walking Dead and you know lots of production coming out of uh, that state so it doesn't surprise me that uh, oh yeah louisiana is right there next to it too so yeah that's awesome atlanta's crazy i mean and crazy in the sense that they never stop like obviously everything is shut down now pretty much but before the strikes i mean they have show after show after show but i mean there's so many of them right like and we we actually had a lot of people that moved from louisiana to atlanta when we lost our tax incentives a a Mm. while back and um what once we got them back you know everything picked up again but yeah um yeah atlanta's crazy you know what i love about that whole story is that hollywood isn't confound to hollywood anymore you know it's just hollywood is wherever i mean new york i think was probably the second biggest city in my opinion or in my uh you know from what i know where lots of shooting would take place, lots of movies take place in New York. Um, yeah. But then, you know, like I said, Georgia, Louisiana, like it's just Hollywood is wherever you make it. So I well, love Well, I it. mean, that's one great thing that came from the pandemic was that I think that during that time when a lot of things went remote, people realized that they didn't have to be in LA and they didn't have to be in New York. You could right. go anywhere and you could tape your auditions and send them in you know, for actors and everything. So, I mean, it, it, that's one good thing that came from, from that for sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a movie. Um, there's, well, actually there's a three movies that I've kind of have my eye on. They're kind of my next project after this. And, um, but the latest one is a movie called beaten to death and it's by a director named Sam Curtin coming from Australia. And I just mm-hmm. saw talk to me, which, um, is the Philippi brothers out of Australia. And then I just also watched this movie on Netflix called, ooh, what was it called? Run, Rabbit, Run. And I don't remember the name of the director on that one. But that one is also takes place and shot in um, South Australia. And I kind of saw all of these things kind of back to back. So in a small period of time. So it dawned mm-hmm. on me, like, why, why are we seeing so much Australian horror kind of surfacing? And then when right. I did a quick Google search, it's because um, the COVID restrictions are so tight down there that it makes it ideal for people who don't have COVID. They can go down there and shoot. And then there's lots of incentive to do it there as well. So more to your point is that, uh, you know, when we broaden our horizons, we get a lot of really good stuff coming from all corners of the world. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I think it's it's amazing. I, I love um, and I love a lot of good foreign um i say foreign um horror movies yeah because they they just do it differently you know it's not like cookie i feel like a lot of stuff can be become cookie cutter that comes from the states there's you get it from kind of everywhere you get something different yeah there's definitely a blueprint and you know i think we see that in the 80s with all the different slasher movies that you know (laughs) With the with the staples that that kind of um, were the pioneers, like your Freddies and your Jasons and even your Leatherface, right. right? So everyone tries to replicate that success. And then in the late '90s and early 2000s, again with the slashers, but in the form of like I know what you did last summer and Scream and things like that. Scream. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely creates a, a precedence for sure. 
Um, and you get some really good stuff that comes from that. But um, we are big fans of um, B-Horror, you know, the older, low-budget, shoestring. Like, Troma's got, you know, a direct correlation to my heart. Um, but, you know, more so lately, it's been the independent horror. And I think a yeah. lot of that comes from us doing this podcast, meeting industry professionals, and getting more involved with um, – independent projects and so uh, just kind of more of the same in my opinion but you never get enough horror no yeah. that. i'm an <laughs> evil dead fan that's there you go that's my favorite did, evil did, dead evil dead 2 army of darkness they're, nice they're all my those are all my my favorites and it, of course anything john carpenter oh yeah those, yeah. those are just so good <laughs> do you do you follow any like his musical stuff he, he just put out a new uh, album of uh, i i don't but i my my brother does so he sends all that stuff to me so i don't have to worry about following it i yeah. just get it sent to me <laughs> it's there's some good stuff in there i absolutely love it yeah, yeah it's good stuff yeah the, the scores on all of all of his stuff are amazing so i want to geek out a little bit because uh, i'm kind of multitasking here right you're talking about yeah. your brothers and um, josh is one of them and i'm looking at his imdb page and i can see in there um the credits were stupid face and some other things but he's also credited in being in looper which is like one of my favorite movies i love that movie um but he's got some really good stuff here he's in shameless um yeah done some work on robot chicken i love robot chicken do you yeah, get to that was a fun one for do you him. get to does he bring you along in some of these projects so it just depends because, I mean, you can see he's Down syndrome. So he's a Down syndrome actor. He needs a handler to go with him. So it, it's either going to be at any given time, it would be me, my older brother, Scott, or my mom. Um, that's usually, it's usually one of us that goes with him. So he does have to have somebody that goes with him um, just to make sure everything is handled properly for him. Um, but yeah, he's, we, we joke all the time because, uh, he's done more, more stuff than my older brother has. And, uh, we always like to tease, tease Scott about that. Like Josh is a more, <laughs> more famous actor than he is. Is that, um, Scott Allen Perry or? Yeah. Okay. Got it. I just want to make sure I'm looking at the right pages here. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Um, does he ever, does he ever like bring you along in the sense of like, Hey, my sister, you know, is uh, in the effects industry. Like, no, no, I have worked on one film with him though, where I got to do his makeup though, so that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, no, we uh, we don't usually um, interact that way on set. It's usually just uh, I'm I'm out of sight, out of mind type thing. Get stay out the way. Just gotcha. make sure nobody takes advantage of him. That's pretty much it. Ah, uh, look at you. That's awesome. <laughs> it's hard sometimes especially when you know how something's supposed to be running it's hard not to say anything <laughs> i i could imagine yeah <laughs> so um chris introduced you to me yes as um the special effects director for the twisted metal series on peacock how awesome is that it's pretty awesome it's the special effects makeup department head Oh, so, okay. Got it. Which is basically just the the person who's in charge of all the special effects makeup and anyone who would work for me on that show. As opposed to and like then, also including digital special effects or anything like that, right? So it's like it's not including digital special effects. So special effects is different than special effects makeup. Just, so which to, is why I like yeah. to kind of give that 
That's what we'd refer to as uh, practical effects, right? Correct. Got it. Okay. Correct. Perfect. It's all practical effects. Awesome. And then, um, and then my position works directly with the makeup department head on the show. And so we kind of collaborate um, different looks for characters. Um, the special, sorry, the makeup of makeup department head for Twisted Metal is Lana Mora. And her and I are really good friends and we work together quite a few times. So it was a very nice experience. Nice. You know, it was, you know, people that we enjoy working with um, and the collaboration uh, process is so much nicer when you have people that, you know, you kind of work, uh, work the same way, have kind of the same thoughts about certain things, how things should look. Um, and so that was, that was really nice to have. That's awesome. I would imagine a relationship would grow in that sense. If you guys are having to work so closely together, I, I would think of, uh, you know, you want to come in and you want to add all these cuts and, and gunshots and all this, but it's got to blend in with the regular makeup as well. So right. having to kind of be on the same page and collaborate in that sense. I, right. I imagine, exactly. Yeah. That's and cool. then, you know, like, like for us, uh, cause a lot of times you're not that lucky and it's, it's not like this all of the time, but more times than not, I would say when you have two separate makeup departments, one for just regular makeup and one for special effects makeup, it's not often that you get a good collaboration. Sometimes it is kept very, very separate. And you know, that was one thing that Lana and I wanted to change. Um, we really wanted to work together as much as we could for everything, not just for us and the flow of the, the show and everything, but also for the actors, you know, a lot of times I, I've always felt that it can be awkward for an actor who has been with their same makeup artist from the beginning of the show that has to then leave and go to a whole new makeup artist to get special effects makeup put on them. It can kind of be an awkward situation for that actor. And so the way that we handled it was anything that was on Anthony Mackie or Stephanie uh, specifically, any kind of special effects makeup that was on them, Lana and I would kind of discuss what it should look like. I would do it and then they would maintain it from there. And that way, and, and I would do it in their original chair that they always sit in and with their makeup person right there the whole time so that it was a comfortable kind of transition sure familiar because that's always yeah exactly that's always really important to me so um so it was it was uh different in that sense but different in a really good way yeah i, I could see it working i mean i saw the series all the effects uh all the practicals were awesome even the digital effects were great i was wondering yeah they did a good job that fire on sweet. I was just going to say, I, <laughs> I was wondering how they were going to do that. Now I'm, I'll, I'll admit I grew up in the time when twisted metal became a thing. I had right. friends that played it religiously. It was not one that I ever really played myself, but I was familiar with it um, as a game and its characters. And so originally when the show was being advertised and then premiered, I didn't really have a desire to watch it just because it wasn't as familiar to me as something like sure. the last of us. Cause I still play video games and that one is one of my favorites, if not my most favorite. And so very attracted to watching that show. Um, yeah. 
but I do know that the Sweet Tooth character does have a flaming head of hair. So I was curious to see because, uh, spoiler alert, throughout the entire season, we don't see any of that until the very nope. end. And they did it really well. They did such a good job. Not only not only did it look great, but the timing of it was so perfect. It's just like at that finale, at the climax of the show, and everybody's like, here it comes, it's going to happen. And it was just so exciting. And I mean, just to hear the feedback from the fans was amazing as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Because because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. You have a lot of these characters that the hardcore fans are very critical of what Always. they end up looking like and how they turn out. So Always, yes. it's a lot of, it could be a lot of pressure, you know, trying to get those characters just right. And especially with um, the immediacy of social media, you're going to know yeah. very quickly if you did it right <laughs> <Yeah>. or wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so, but Sweet Tooth is one that, that I think we all knocked out of the park. I mean, from the actor choice and the costumes and makeup, everything. I just think that. I, I think I know he, the. He was such a good one. I have a question, and I think I already know the answer mm -hmm. to it, but I'm going to ask it anyways. And again, um, the series not really kind of being on my radar. I didn't do a lot of investigative work. I get a lot of critique from my co host because when we decide to to do an episode on a particular film, I'm looking up the director, producer, shooting locations, budget. Like I, I want to know all the stuff because we can weave it into the conversation. I know people find that um, interesting. Going into Twisted Metal, again, it wasn't on my radar, so I didn't really do all of that work. So I was pleasantly surprised uh, to see a lot of the cast. But then um, I'm watching... And we meet Sweet Tooth for the very first time at the end of the first episode, I believe. And it's mm -hmm. this big, burly dude who I now know is a Joe. Is it Sinoa? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's it. Sinoa. We call Sinoa. him Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Joe. Okay. So. That works. <laughs> but the character is voiced by um, someone who lives in my heart rent-free. And that's Will Arnett. <laughs> Love yeah. me some Will Arnett. So the question then uh, becomes with him just doing voiceover work was there any instance where he was on set or did you get to meet him at all no no oh, no we were kind of disappointed bummer. we were hoping that he would swing by and, and you know hang out for a day or two and just kind of see how joe was doing um but i mean he and joe had met before and they hung out for a while and i think they met after again so that was kind of their own thing That's cool. um but uh, I heard he's very lovely. I, he has done no wrong in my eyes. I have not seen yeah. anything he's ever done where I was like, mm, I didn't like that. If anything, it was maybe the project as a whole, but he brings a certain level of flair to everything yeah, he does. And I, I agree. I love him. He's I, great. I think one of my most was, favorite movies of his is probably the most unknown and underrated is a movie called Let's Go to Prison. With Dax Shepard. I don't think I've uh, heard that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to write that one down Yeah, too. let's go to prison. That's a great one. <laughs> I can imagine what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was interesting for all of us to hear Joe do the voice in, in real life and then hear Will's voice as the end result. Sure. 
it was a very it was a very strange thing for all of us that worked on the show at least the people that I've talked to because you know Joe did a really good job and then you do Will Arnett and he did a really good job right oh man no it's it's, it's great it, it was ended up being awesome that's fantastic yes I, I call we that weren't the, sure um... how it was gonna sound you know just after hearing Joe and having that image in our head, you know? <laughs> yeah. I call that the, uh, singing in the rain effect. I don't know if you've ever seen singing in the rain. Yeah. Oh, the, tra- the transition, it's a movie about the Hollywood industry transitioning out of silent films and into talkies. And so some of the most yeah. beloved actors and actresses of the time are being berated now because they sound horrible. Like they have just the <laughs> worst kind of voice you could ever think of. So, uh, it's different when you, you know, you make up a voice in your head or, you know, like in this instance, uh, you have a different voice over the uh, dialogue. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very, very similar. Yeah. So um, what was it like working um, with, you know, Anthony Mackie is awesome, right? I know him as uh, Papa Doc from 8 Mile, um, but I know he's also <laughs> uh, the Falcon. Uh, I'm not a huge Marvel character um, fan. I don't, it's not that I don't like this stuff. It's just, I feel like, I've missed out on so much of it that it would just take me too long to kind right. of right. You have to start from the beginning and work your way exactly. And it's I'm, a lot. And I'm a completist, so if I'm going to start, I'm going to start at the very beginning, in the yep. order it's supposed to be watched, and I'm going to watch all of it. And I feel like that would just take me too long. So it would take a long time. I just um, I, I enjoy it from a distance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm kind of the same way. Um, Anthony's great. He, um, he's very funny. He's got a very dry sense of humor, which I love. Um, but he's, uh, very, um, caring about the crew, you know, and he, he's the one who actually, I think really pulled to have it shot in New Orleans because he's from New Orleans. And, um, a lot of the same crew members that worked on Twisted Metal are actually crew members that I think worked with his dad when his dad used to work on oh, film i'm not familiar with his dad uh, i i'm not either i've never i've never taken it that far to, to look it up but i i know that he told me that a lot of people that were working on the crew were the same people who used to work with his dad interesting so i thought that was kind of interesting but he you know he did he did seem to really care about all of us and make sure everyone was taken care of um and then of course in the makeup trailer, you know, that's where everyone just kind of lets loose and everything and, and can be themselves. And I mean, I remember one morning he came in, he hooked his phone up to our speakers and I would say played an hour's worth of his favorite country music (laughs) (laughs) and made sure to have a commentary with every song. Sure. So it was great. It was great. Yeah. He's, he's a funny guy. That's awesome. How about Stephanie? Because I first met her on Brooklyn nine, nine. Well, I mean, like that's when I was introduced to her as a, as an actor and she was probably my favorite character in that show. So to see the two of them on screen, I didn't know what that was going to result in and i gotta say you know not not having any expectations regarding the show allowed me to walk in with you know unbiased eyes and formulate a a, you know an organic opinion and yeah i think the show did a really good job of not being like it i think it acknowledges that this is kind of a silly concept but it doesn't it doesn't do it it doesn't go over the top i don't think it's not too extreme 
It keeps it simple, um, which is a digestible, I'll say. But then it's got a lot of substance to it, especially the relationship mm-hmm. between John Doe and Quiet. Um, and even even the Sweet Tooth character, like he's the guy you love, you hate to love or love to, you know what I mean? Like he just, he's, so, he's supposed so to good. be an antagonist, but you end up like rooting for him, almost like an antihero. You do. Yeah. I I remember when I was reading these scripts for the first time, I was on another show and um, in between setups, basically, I just sit there and try to read to kind of, you know, get ahead on things before we started filming um, Twisted Metal. And I was laughing out loud on set. People were looking at me like, what are you reading? And I said, it's this these great scripts. And right. I, I'm not kidding you. It's probably some of the best scripts I've written in, written, uh, sorry, read in years. I mean, I, I couldn't believe just how clever they were and without having to spell out everything for the audience that, you know, it just reminded me of some, some great stuff from like the eighties, you know, whenever sure. they, they wrote such good shows and everything was original. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like it was anything I had ever read before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I just, I just really enjoyed that, and and that was my thing about Sweet Tooth. That was like one of my main things that I always commented on was just how great of a job they did developing that character. Because at first you're like, oh, this guy is the bad guy, and then you're like, oh my gosh, but look how sweet he is. <laughs> it's, right. And then and he goes back to being bad. So I mean, you just have this great up and down with him where you just like love him and you know he's horrible at the same time. Right, right. And if I if I'm recalling correctly, they 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 do a really good job about um folding in some of his backstory as a child. It's not too yeah. excessive where it feels like it's taking over um like the main plot or anything like that but it provides good context i think but it yeah. was very indicative of what they did with um it, it reminded me of uh, vincent d'onofrio's character in daredevil i don't know if you've ever seen that series on netflix in a long time but um oh you mean the series yeah no yeah. i've never seen oh the yeah that's a that's a really good one if you're into the marvel stuff but um yeah they they do a really good job at kind of showing that backstory so when i saw it for sweet tooth i was like oh reminiscent of that in that it you know yeah provides good uh, backstory you know what's what's really funny about that um that backstory scene is that they had actually cut it um like it was it was in all the scripts i can't remember what episode it was in but uh it was in there and it was so good and i could i was so excited to be able to when we were going to film that and then they cut it Mm. Uh, they took it out the schedule. I was like, "Oh no!" I said, "That's that's gonna that's gonna really suck because it was it is just enough. It was just enough information to give you a little backstory on him, and really develop that character." Yeah. And then at the last minute, towards the end of filming, they added it on a Saturday shoot. I was like, "Yes," because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. It, I feel like it did make a a, a difference in the character. Do you know what changed their minds? I think, you know, I think it came down to whether or not we were going to have the time to do it Mm. as more than more than anything. So when they realized if we could work one more day on a Saturday, we could get it on that day. Well worth it. Yeah. And so that's what we did. As a matter of fact, I think that I think 
we did a lot of work on that Saturday. It wasn't just the uh, the backstory for Sweet Tooth. I think we did a lot of um, young John Doe's filming that day as well, which is Anthony, right, Anthony right. Mackie Jr., his real kid. Oh, um, no way. That, That's awesome. That, that plays his younger self, which was a lot of fun because then you had Anthony on set as just himself, just there for his son, um, which is always funny and entertaining. Sure. And then you had uh, Mackie Jr. there doing his thing. So, so we cool. actually did that at the top of the morning and then headed over and did the sweet tooth stuff in the afternoon. That's awesome. I love to hear that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, I'm curious to know because um, we've talked to some producers, we've talked to editors and doing some editing myself. Um, it makes, it gives me a different respect for what I'm seeing on screen because I know the complexity, the time, the effort, um, the creativity behind having to put all this stuff together and what takes hours for somebody to put together a, mm -hmm. you know a 30 second clip yeah most people just watch it and we're like oh that was good but until you understand the process you can't really have that much of a i don't know it's a, it has a it's a, just a different level of impact and so yeah so when i watch things and i see these transitions or these sounds or just you know different way things are shot i'm like you have no idea how complex it is to do something like that <laughs> to make it look great. And I feel like practical effects, special effects in general, but practicals especially fall in that same wheelhouse. I would imagine it takes yeah. you quite a long time to make something look like a cut throat or a, a knife wound in the arm. Or I was looking at your Instagram page and the, um, I think it was like the latex burn arms. Oh yeah. yeah. That stuff is awesome but i take it for granted as a regular watcher because yeah it's supposed to look burn the guys on fire or whatever it is right but there's so much craft that goes into creating that thing that you know i i so all of that to ask i guess there's really no ask there i'm just <laughs> i'm just kind of <laughs> acknowledging that it, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that and uh, you do a really good job out of it so i just wanted to say you know, kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of people, uh, I guess, take it for granted or they just don't know. It's more of a, people just aren't aware of just how many people it takes to put a film or a TV show together. There's so many different departments and you couldn't, you couldn't have a film or a TV show without them. Yeah. You know, every single one is there for a reason and they're good at their job and you know, we need, we need all of those people, you know, even, even down to the people that are in the office, because those are the people who make sure that we get paid and that true. all the stuff is organized. I mean, it's every, every job is important in this industry. Yeah. 100%. So I'm curious to know, um, what's next for Twisted Metal? I, I'm just waiting to hear, I, you know, as soon as the AM. Uh, PTP and SAG can come to an agreement, I'm going to guess that that's when talks will begin about a uh, season two. I know before um, any of the strikes happened, it was looking pretty positive that it was coming back for another season. Um, everything's just kind of died down now. 
with uh, the strike still happening. Yeah. Um, but I'm very hopeful. It's gotten such good reviews and a lot of really great feedback. Um, it did really well, performed really well. So fingers crossed. Uh, you know, I can't wait to get all these new characters going. Um, Axel, um, Dollface. There's just so there's so many new characters that I think are going to come up that we're, we'll get to create looks for. And yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited That'll about be that. Because awesome. I think that's that's always uh, one of the most fun processes is like really figuring out what the character should look like. Yeah. And yeah. then and then watching it yeah. happen that's in awesome. real time. <laughs> Speaking of characters, um, one surprising face in there was uh, the Raven character uh, played by Nev Campbell. Did you yeah. get to interact with her at all? I did. Um, she's so lovely she really is and i'll say this about everyone every actor that was on our show great uh, i can imagine. like we didn't have yeah we didn't have any any crazy you know uh egos or anything anything like that no attitudes going on everyone was really nice we were very lucky um and nev was great and it was it was fun to see her play a bad guy sure for a change um and she did such a great job and, you know, it's so funny, though, because it's like night and day different. She's just in the trailer. She's just so soft-spoken and sweet. And then she gets out there and you watch her do some of these scenes. And you're like, oh, man, okay. I yeah. see what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, she did She did great. And she was wonderful. That's awesome. She was wonderful. Very nice. Yeah, you, you guys had a lot of people on there that are, you know, that are just kind of on my favorites list. Or her being one of those, obviously, from um, the Scream franchise. Um, mm -hmm. Thomas Hayden Church. Oh my gosh, I was the biggest Ned and Stacy fan, and I tell people that, <laughs> and they're like, "I don't even know what that is." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's so. That's so funny. I don't know. That was a great little series. And he was. He, he was again very, very nice, very professional. Because I mean, he's been doing this for uh, oh, long really enough long to where time. he he can go in. He's one of those um, those actors. I don't know if you've ever heard of actors like this, where they know that even though they have them scheduled at 10 o'clock in the morning that they're not going to get to them until four in the afternoon. That happens a lot. And, you know, some of the newer, newer actors don't understand how that works. Sure. And so they go there at 10 o'clock in the morning and they show up and then they wait all day. And Thomas was just like, he'd look at it and go, so I'm coming in at this time. instead." <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was right every time. Nice. Yeah, every time, every time. So he was pretty cool. Um, and that was a fun character. They actually, I, I think it was the night before he started. Um, they wanted, they gave me a call, the director and the showrunner gave me a call and said, hey, um, I think we want Thomas's character to have a scar on his nose. I was like, oh, okay. Let me see what I have because, you know, I had brought tons of prosthetics and just trying to figure out what we could, you know, whip out of our hats at the last minute kind of thing. And he came in the next day for like a fitting and I had a couple of different like little scar prosthetics that just to try on him to see what he liked and what the directors liked. And nothing really worked. Um trying to you know just trying to figure out something that wasn't too distracting or too crazy and so i i started thinking about it overnight like there's a product 
that is like a two-part silicone that like in like this little syringe almost and I was like I could do that but I'll have to do it every single day Mm. and do it by hand to match so it's not like a prosthetic that's already pre-made and they're all the same Mm -hmm. this is like squeezing out this stuff and making it match every single day that he works right that's the one that he liked and so that's the one we we ended up using right of course you would like the one that was probably (laughs) the most challenging thing that i did on the entire show was trying to get that scar to match throughout the whole show that's so funny because that was you know it was on my mind to ask you like what was one of the most challenging things and to know that it was just a simple scar on a nose when you look at everything else that you know is done in that show it's that little thing that's the most challenging that's right because i mean if you think about it if i had gotten it wrong it could go from literally his face on the screen to two seconds later a different shot of that same scene but we shot it at a different time so it could go from the scarring here to here to here i mean it could it could do anything (laughs) right and that's that's kind of what i kept you know, worrying about like throughout this whole time, like, oh, please let that scar have stayed in place the whole time. <laughs> so I go look at the dailies just to, to kind of compare to sure. make sure that, okay, it's close enough. Nobody's going to notice if it's off like a half a centimeter. Right. Only I'll notice that. Right. Right. So and, but and- yeah, that was, that was probably the most challenging thing. Um, for another, another one was for Thomas actually um, was that the hatchet to the mouth you know, trying to figure out the best way to make that fit on him and to where it was comfortable and he could still talk. Mm. So, and a lot of times, you know, especially if you're in charge on the show, you don't have time to make everything for the show. So you usually find a a special effects makeup house that kind of fabricates certain things for you that, that it would be bigger that you don't have time to make. And for that particular um, hatchet rig that we had gotten, um, you know, it was always supposed to be like a bite plate. So you have the hatchet and then you have like a, basically like a armature wire that comes out with a little piece that you can bite. And it looks like it's still, you know, sticking out of his mouth. Right. I, and I don't know what happened, but at the last minute, the place that we got it from decided to go a different direction with mm. how they were going to do it. And it showed up like two or three days before I needed to needed it to work. And it was like a full prosthetic. And then you'd have, it was, it was just, it was not what it was supposed to be basically. So I had to actually refabricate it myself while I was working and then like fabricate my own bite plate for it because at the time, Thomas had just had like some sort of uh, lip surgery, oh, and so there's no way he could have um, have worn a prosthetic sure. with glue and all that stuff on right. it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like I was up until the day before refabricating that um, that hatchet to where it would would fit him properly. So luckily, that all worked out. He came in. We had two of them to try out. He liked one over the other, and that's what we went with. So yeah. telltale signs of a pro. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What is uh? What's your? I'm interested to know. What was maybe your 
favorite or most memorable like onset experience? On Twisted Metal? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> or it could be in general. I mean, we were, you know, just coming out no, you know, talking what, about Twisted Metal. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, my favorite, favorite time was um, with Mr. Slam because it was so ridiculous. I had to, I had to create that uh, appendage for Mr. Slam. So Got I it. sculpted it and <laughs> made it myself. And I had five of them because they needed to be different um, firmnesses, basically, because okay. they we actually were <laughs> slamming them down onto this watermelon. On the watermelon, so, right. You know, yeah. And um, th I think that that was the funniest day for me because I was carrying around five of these things, trying <laughs> to figure out how to keep them hidden so that no because i mean make it more know, of a surprise you still have a whole bunch of people on there well sure. you know you could you could offend somebody or they just take it too far <laughs> and there I, was a lot yes, of that too, so. i i understand how someone can be offended by that so. <laughs> oh yeah 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 That's i mean hilarious. we were and we were bad too like uh rpas might have taken one of them and used it one of them to scare people throughout the rest of the show sounds like <laughs> using a good time it as like a practic practical joke Sounds like Every a good now time. and then. Eventually, I was like, I think I need to get that back from you guys because I don't want to get in trouble. That's hilarious. So, yeah. But I honestly, I think that was probably my favorite because it was just so funny and definitely memorable. Nice. Very memorable. That's awesome. So, um, with, you know, a kind of a stall on that series, what are you working on now? You know, I just finished a very low budget uh, film, I guess about two weeks ago. Um, there's not much that's going on. It's just things that could that um, qualify for like the waiver from SAG. Um, and that show just happened to have one of those waivers. Um, it was it was an interesting show to say the least. I don't know that it will ever see the light of day, but oh. we'll we'll find out. Um, How often does that happen in your experience where you work on something? That? How often does that happen in your experience where you work on something and it just never never comes to fruition? It, it happens often. It happens often, especially like if it's a pilot for a TV series. Mm. A lot of those don't get picked up. That makes sense. Um, and then I've done I've done some, usually it's anything that's low budget you just never know if it's gonna come out or not see that's why we've i've always been hesitant to do something on my own because i will make something it will have to be low budget and somebody i mean i'm i'm less worried about the critique and more worried about the cost because i understand somebody might watch it and then recognize it for being low budget and kind of pick at the effects or lack thereof and I totally understand right. that. That's what I do as a hobby. So I get that. But although this movie or this project is low budget, it was like all of my budget and all, you know, I put, I feel like I would put everything into it and, and right. it just kind of fell flat well, and, and I'd be disappointed. I think that that's, that's the hardest thing that a lot of low budget shows don't really know how to do well. Sometimes you get, get a, a, a group that, really understands how to get the best bang for your buck and and you know still get a lot of really good stuff yeah 
Um, but there's a lot of them that don't understand that you don't have to cut a lot of these practical effects. You'll actually save money if you keep them in. And if you give me just a little bit of time to do them, you'll actually be happier and have a happier, a better end result. Nice. Um, so I think a lot of them um, don't understand that whenever it's a low budget show. I get you. You know, they think they just have to cut, 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 cut. But then if you cut so much, you don't have, you don't have a movie. It's true. <laughs> Out of curiosity, if I wanted to, you know, if I was, if I had my own project and I wanted to leverage you for special effects or uh, practicals, is that like uh -huh. a contractual work or is that like a per day? I'm just curious how, how that works as far as getting so, you on board with the project. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the way that we work on most shows, um, most of our shows that we work on are union shows. And so the production goes through the union. The union has a list of people who are available and then you hire them through, through, usually a payroll company mm. is how that goes through. So gotcha. um, that's how that normally works. Uh, that being said, I have worked for many other shows that are not union and just for people in general for whatever it is that they need. And it, it's just a, um, you mix, basically come to an agreement on pay and sure. what the, what kind of effects you're doing and how much the budget is for that. And you just go from there. Got it. That's cool. I was always just curious yeah. about that. I'm I'm curious about so much of the industry. I can't wait to start talking to other people. There's as well, a, but... Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, you know? Oh, so yeah. There's so many de different departments that. Yeah. It, it'd be, I think it would be nice if you could have every producer, maybe even every director have to work in every department <laughs> at least for a week. <laughs> To really get the, you know, the understanding of how a department, how those departments run no, and everything. And then, I get it. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think that each department would get a little bit more respect yeah. in that sense, because, you know, the thing is, it's like a lot of times, luckily this did not happen on Twisted Metal. On Twisted Metal, we felt um, very seen, very heard by the director and the showrunners. I mean, it was it was a really nice experience, but you know, a lot of times um, they don't want to spend the time to do things because time is money. Um, but it's like, it, it, it's still our craft. Sure. It's still something that we take pride in what we're doing and for, you know, someone to come in and, you know, take, let's say like a, a burn makeup, that would take normally two and a half to three hours and ask you to do it in 30 minutes. Mm. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's just, I don't want to say unfair, but it's, I guess, disrespectful. It's disrespectful to our craft. And I find it to be disrespectful to the actor as well, because you're not giving them the quality work that they should get for that scene. Makes sense. Because, you know, a lot of times with special effects, makeup, you know, or just makeup in general, that helps the actors a lot of times for their scene. Sure. You know, it helps them kind of get into the right uh, mind space for that. Oh, yeah. And um, so that's always a, a disappointing situation when that kind of stuff happens. So luckily, like I said, 
Twist Metal was the complete opposite. We had such a great time. And every director and the showrunner, uh, MJ Smith, we were so lucky. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably you, my favorite uh, team that I've ever worked with. That's awesome. Yeah, I, you could tell there's lots of uh, <clears throat> not to to sound cliche, but there's a you can you can feel the synergy, I guess uh, the the yeah. cohesion when you watch the show. Everything just flows really well. Nothing seems forced or overacted or underacted. It just seems like mm-hmm. everybody got along. And, and and worked well with each other and you see that on screen. So um yeah, yeah that's awesome. Cool. Well, I want to ask the same question but in a different way. Um what of yours can we look forward to from, from here? Um, I am technically on a show right now. It's on hiatus though because of the strike. Um but it's right now it's just an untitled marine project. Okay. Um so it doesn't have a title yet, but it's a TV series that's supposed to be coming out uh, on Netflix. And nice. um, it's about uh, a gay Marine that it's going through the Marines, the basic training um, during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Okay. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of really cool makeups in that that's uh, happening and it's also the content is really good for the show so that's i think awesome. that's going to be a really good one um so i've got that and then hopefully twisted metal season two yeah that's yeah. that's the one i can't wait Hoping to have come back that's gonna be awesome. other than that you know a lot of times we just wait until projects show up we get like a little report that shows us what projects are set to come to our area and you either put in your resume or you know somebody on the show and you try to get in that kind of way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me and taking the time and kind of, you know, uh, showing us behind the curtain a little bit. We always love that stuff. Um, My pleasure. Where can people follow you? They can follow me uh, pretty much any, um, social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, it should all be at the Sta, T-H-E-S-T-A-H. Should be that on all of them. Is that short for something? It is short for sister or sista, which sista? is what my brothers call me. Got it. They just call me the, the Sta or Sta. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, again, thank you very much. Uh, you know, I learned a lot and, uh, you know, you do great work. So we're looking forward to all the stuff that's thank coming you. down. Yeah, coming down appreciate uh, that. from you. And then, Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, of course. I'll keep in touch. I'll let you know when this gets posted. I'm, I'm, I like to take uh, some of the video and just kind of take shots and post it on Instagram. It's kind of promotional stuff for the full interview, sure. which will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And then when I get time to do it, I'll actually sit down and edit it correctly and post it on YouTube. Uh, we have a YouTube channel there too. So uh, that one takes a little bit more time and I'm this yep. will be my third video project that I've got um, on the list. But the audio podcast will come out much quicker than that. So, uh, But I'll keep you awesome. up to date on all that stuff. So. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Have a great rest of your night and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.